Uh, we want to start with uh, Vision Sunday, and we always start Vision Sunday uh, just sharing about our mission, our mission and vision, right? Which makes sense. What is our mission, family? Is it up there? I got to get these guys better on the slides. You don't give away. There it is. All right, so mission is what? Actually, that no, but I'm, I'm glad Betty took a risk. The rest of y'all are scared sitting there, been here eight, nine years, still don't know the vision. But um, so the mission is different than the vision, and just wanna, this is why we do this every year so we can get this. The mission, I propose, is, is what the, 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 the Big C Church needs to be about. Uh, is what is, is what God wants us to be about as a whole, and that the vision is kind of the way that we flesh it out within local communities across the world, right? So, so the big, so the big C mission, right? And I propose that church's mission should be, if you're a real church, should be this: is to is to bring honor and attention, which is us breaking down what the word glory means, right? Is when you is when you're putting the focus on something, is when you're is when you're, as you say, magnifies and a magnifying glass is focusing in on something. So to bring honor and attention, to focus, to bring the focus to God, right? To bring honor and attention, bring glory to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we all should be about as the people of God, as the church. We wake up every day and in our journey and fight uh, to enjoy Christ, uh, to, to delight in his goodness, uh, to fight sin, uh, to remind the world of who God is, uh, to enjoy all that he's created. All the things that we're doing to preach the gospel is to is to bring honor and attention to him through the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our own strength. And then our vision, the way we flesh that out as our own local rhythm, is we are trusting the Lord to see communities transformed. The way we want to do it is we feel like that we want to see communities transformed both spiritually and physically. We're not, we're simply, we would say it's a truncated gospel. It's a small gospel. If we're just preaching the gospel with our lips, and yet we're not experiencing the incarnational hand of Jesus touching people's hearts, Practically, we would say that is a small gospel. That is not the full gospel that we see displayed in the scriptures, nor preached by Christ himself. But there seems to be that, that, that beautiful uh, fabric quilt that we see in scripture where, where God is, is saying, hey, I want you to not only see me do these things spiritually, but this thing, I've, but my new creation has busted into this creation. And so you're seeing the remnants of that. You're seeing the first fruits of that even physically now. So that's why we say seeing communities transform both spiritually and physically. And we're, and we're say starting with our own. We want to see that happen all over the world, but we first to do that, we need to start here in our community. So that's what we're doing. Uh, that's what we do. Every day we come here Sunday at church uh, throughout our week. Uh, that's why our heart is to not make this time. It's extremely important. Uh, it is, a, it is a, a, a very important nucleus, but it is not the whole focus of our worship. We're really trying to build a structure in this local community uh, where this time is us basically reporting back all that God has done all week. Okay? The, the, this is not like, okay, God, well, I can't wait till next Sunday. This shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the mindset of a MacGyver. God should be worshiped in your life every day, moment by moment. You should be on mission every day. We should be preaching the gospel, living the gospel, believing the gospel, presenting the gospel. And then we come together as a people of God and we brag about what God did all week. That's what Sunday's about. Okay, family? Um, so but before we continue on, 
Hey, oh, and by the way, if you're new, we ask questions uh, in this local community because we want we want us to get smarter, but not just to get smart, but for worship. So we would hate for you not to understand exactly what we're asking you to be about, what we're, what we're trusting the Lord for in this community. So feel the freedom. Um, if I'm saying something crazy, uh, you feel like it'll bless the body, uh, please raise your hand. If it's something, if you have an individual beef, just come on up afterwards. All right? You don't put me on blast, please. So, um... Hey, uh, before we begin uh, the specifics, I just want to first, uh, can, I, can I just thank our team? Can I first just I put my, my, my dearest brother, Pastor Leon, and my awesome sister, Jenny, on blast for being amazing leaders to this body. Um, Leon uh, is another founding pastor, uh, him and his family. Rebecca, I thought I saw her around here. Uh, Oh, she disappeared. There she is. Hey, hey, Leah was like, oh, <laughs> come on, man. So um, just have just been amazing servants. Uh, he's just I'm telling you, I just want to just brag, just brag briefly. I, I can't imagine like how spoiled I've just been spoiled to have to be able to work with a brother like this um, who who just doesn't have an ego. I mean, it's blown away because he's so talented. He's so smart. He's, you know, he's a cool brother. You know, you know how he'd be dapper and stuff. You know, he, he tripping today with a t-shirt, but that's all right. But uh, <laughs> you got no street cred to do that, though. But uh, just uh, the, 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 the godliness, the, the humility, the, the, I'm just blown away that I get to serve with a brother like that, you know. And, and, I, and I always remember when he, when we first uh, started MacAv, he just came and said, E, I just want you to know, like, I, I feel like the Lord wants you to be leading us, and I want to do whatever I can to help serve in that way to help this process. And he's always been like that. He's always been the guy that says, this is about God's glory. So thank you for that model, bro. Thank you for, for you and Rebecca. And I wish, wish we, she was in here, too, because it's not just you, but your whole family, man, to, um, to serve like that. And we see the remnants of that in this local body. You've been you've been so self-sacrificial, and I appreciate that. Love you, and just wanted to give you a time to just say, guys, we need to understand the gem we have in him and his family. Absolute blessing. So it's not normal. And and Jenny, my my sister, she has been I'm, you, the funny part. You know, she you guys treat her like like uh, a lot of the stuff falls on her because. Uh, she usually is kind of the person you see a lot as she's doing a lot of the, the operation stuff. And that's heavy. Um, and I'm trying to do a better job of making sure that's not the case. But I've just watched her serve tirelessly. She does so many things in the background that you guys don't know. And to be honest, I want to pray that we all have, that God gives us the grace to, to not take her for granted. Because um, this place, first of all, I just think it will fall apart and we have to probably be in jail for all the finances and stuff because she does such a great job at keeping all that stuff together, making sure that we're being faithful to Jesus. And um, and so and, and you know what? And she never gets a lot of thanks. But, and I praise God that, you know, she doesn't need it. But I think we all need to know that we appreciate it sometimes, you know, and I just and so I, I'm sorry that you don't get enough just honoring because you deserve it and and her in addition to her husband johnny the funniest thing and this always happens i think the hustles happen here too when you have someone on staff you think you get the wife or husband for free and um and i just want to remind everybody johnny does not work for mac f can i just make that clear <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i'm saying but yet he's still humbly 
comes and serves with her. And I just love that motto. And I just adore you guys. And I'm so thankful uh, for your leadership. So I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. All right. A couple other things. Um, my man Zeke and his team were sprinkled all around here. I, I, again, I, I just want to thank him because it takes, it takes a lot of, of, what would you call that? I'm thinking of a godly word. A lot of stamina. <laughs> I'll just say that. It takes a lot for a young brother to come into a, a locomotive that's already moving uh, and, and to come celebrate the vision and yet figure out in a gracious way how to celebrate the vision but yet put your own, but, but not lose you. Right? Because we didn't, we didn't ask him to manage. We asked him to lead. Right. And so how do you do that? Uh, and I feel like um, through through good and bad, through arguing, all our different things we do, I feel like he has fought hard, him and his bride, to honor us and to figure out this rhythm. Uh, and so I am just, bro, I'm thankful, man. I just think you, uh, I, you know, I tell you that. And I, it's not a platitude. I, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate your leadership. Excited about our team. And I just want to tell us we have a good infrastructure now to do some big things for God. Praise Jesus. So uh, just thank you. I thank the crew. And you'll hear more about these guys in a moment. But I just want to pause uh, to say thank you because this is why the Lord has been gracious to us. I mean, he's given us people who are serving and who make us, me, uh, look good in some way. And in keeping with that, that theme, I want to present to you guys the elders of our church. If you did not know, um, maybe I'll just have you guys. I think everybody knows, but um, Pastor Leon, you just saw Elder Alvin, uh, Elder Jonathan. Uh, Alex is on vacation with his bride, so they are not here right now. Um, and myself um, are, your, are your elders, which means uh, that this is the group of men um, who actually are, are praying for you, who are strategically thinking about where we're headed in the ministry as far as vision, uh, who are leading the church uh, that the Lord has implemented, uh, which we can find more about in, in 1 Timothy 3. Um, if you if you desire to get a chance to and we'll be talking more about what that looks like in a moment. But I just wanted to uh, just let you know that these guys, when we talk about tireless uh, service, I mean, we even talked about it. Sometimes these guys feel like they're bivocational because of the things that we're doing and the ways that they're serving. And so I just want to thank all you guys for your service. Uh, and we'll be letting you know as as we're moving forward this year, there's going to be some cool changes where we as elders are going to have specific roles and going to be over specific aspects of the ministry mission evangelism, uh, governance, all those things. And I, I'm excited to see, I'm not going to go into specifics yet because we're still framing out a few things, but I'm excited to see how that changes the culture for the better of our church. Even, for example, I know one thing that we're trusting the Lord for as elders starting this year is uh, we're wanting to add a percent uh, to our missions budget to force us to be given sacrificially to the point where 25% of what we bring in goes out to missions. So um, that's, our, that's our commitment. We really want to see ourselves be a missionary body. With that said, I have one more um, appreciation, and that is my, my main man, Matthew Rojek, is actually leaving. Uh, well, I mean, it sound like you're going somewhere. Is leaving the elder the elder board. How you doing, brother? Hey, he's leaving the elder board. He's been uh, elder. Matthew has been an elder. He doesn't want to be a put on blast at all. But Matthew's been an elder now for, uh, man, since 2013. You came on, right? You came here in 2012, in 2011, so maybe 2012. And, um, man, we're going we're gonna to miss your wisdom. He has, um, 
it was it was by God's grace. He came right during a time where things were absolutely crazy uh, in our local community. And he came and just fearlessly him, his wife, Betty, uh, some other elders we had on our team, uh, just helped lead us through just a really hard and intense time. And I, I tell you, to this day, I, I just wonder if the Lord was like, you know what? I'm so gracious. You guys need someone who's a little older, a little wiser, who can help you through this journey. And then here comes Matthew. And I just wonder, God would have been gracious in whatever he would have done. But I'm convinced that the Lord knew that we needed uh, Matthew's insight uh, during that time. So um, he's become one of my closest friends. I adore him. And we're going to miss you. And I just wanted to pause and appreciate Matthew as he's stepping down for a sabbatical. And then we'll have other elders uh, join in his place. But can we just give him a round of applause for his faithful service? Yeah. And I said, you know, Matthew brought humility, courage, and a desire to please a guy that was essential. And one of the main things he's taught me is how to be long-suffering, him and Betty, uh, and what does forbearance mean, how to, like, let people be in process a little longer. And, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing. So, all right. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about from the top, uh, looking at our leadership and then going into policy, going into what, what does it mean to, to be the church. Uh, that's what we'll be doing today. Uh, if you are new to Mac Ave, this is not how we always roll. So don't think like, man, they didn't even open up the Bible too much. We open up the Bible big time. We, we go to, we, we are, right, we, we're expository in our teaching. Uh, we're actually going to be going through, I'll explain in a moment what we'll be doing in, uh, uh, for the winter, but today is a, is basically a family meeting. It's an in-house meeting where we're saying, hey, here's what we're about. Just want you to know that so that we can move forward all on the same page um, as we serve the Lord, okay? First thing we're going to be doing uh, that we're excited about as a local community is we're going to finally, finally be installing deacons, uh, deacons and deaconesses, okay? Uh, so we're super excited about that um, as we serve the Lord. And what I want to do is just briefly, just as you can read there, just help you understand what is a deacon, the elder rule and lead the church deacons the word means servant right and serve uh, the local community so deacons are servant leaders who support the work of the church right? They support the elders uh, they care for the physical and t- or temporal concerns of the church they handle the matters of the building uh, our Mac truck uh, helping us with the sick and shut in in the community and they help provide some structure like that so that we make sure people don't fall through the cracks so uh, that's our desire um, and why we're implementing and, and obviously we see this as actually uh, a, a role that we see celebrated in scripture again uh, if you go to First Timothy chapter 3, uh, some of you might be even asking, and we talk like this as a church because I want us to understand our theology. Well, you have women deacons. Why is that? Uh, let me explain. There's different camps in this for sure. And we're and first thing is let you know, we don't feel like we have the corner of the market on the scriptures or theology. And we're always evolving and hoping by God's grace that God gives us the humility uh, to be about whatever he wants us to be about. And when he shows us something that we want to move on it. So with that said, uh, here's where we are. Uh, here, this is why. Um, we decided that it, it seems it seems to be uh, what scripture entails to to have women as deacons. Here was our here was our interpretive key. So there's two kind of camps. There's the camp that looks at First Timothy chapter three, and as you kind of read to yourself, I'm going to actually just jump to uh, verse twelve. Um, verse I do verse eleven. It says their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober minded and faithful in all things. Then it says verse twelve. Let deacons. 
Um, each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their households all well. Right? Okay? So, so people would say that, hey, this is why you should not have uh, women deacons. Okay? Because clearly right here, he's talking to men and saying men need to have a, be a husband of one wife. And there's, there seems to be a specific piece of like what it means to be a deacon there that it seems like to be just men. Okay, that's, so that's the camp there looking at First Timothy chapter 3. Here's uh, the struggle. So there's, that's one interpretive key. Here's the struggle, though. In Romans 16, the scriptures read, I commend you, our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sincre, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Now, again, there's brilliant people on both sides of the camp, okay? Um, first, let me give you the overarching theology of biblical manhood and womanhood uh, for MacAv. We would say that the Bible teaches from Genesis 1 through 3 uh, that God created man and women uh, equal in essence, okay? So we, are, we are both have the Imago Dei, the image of God, we're equal in essence, but that there's a role distinction, we would say that there's, there's roles that God has given men and there's roles that God has given women and that what happens is together we, we bring him honor and glory. All right. And we would say also we, we are we are convinced and convicted that that story of equal in essence, but yet having role distinction is uh, is a retelling is a recapitulation of the relationship of the Trinity, where you have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who are equal, equally God, but yet have different roles in order to accomplish the purposes of God. And that, that we get to retell that story as men and women. So we propose that basically the posture in Scripture is that men and women are to have this role where men are kind of leading, protecting, providing, prophet, priest, king. Women are helping, serving uh, in wisdom to point these men to Christ. And so in doing that, we're kind of doing our creative roles. All right. We would now because of that, I propose that I think we can get too um, we can get too linear when we think of, well, can, can a woman speak? Can a woman do this and that? It seems to me that we're getting outside the context of what God was trying to what God was trying to do in the text when we kind of ratchet it down to different works. Uh, I propose that it seems uh, when I look at Jesus, for example, uh, it's interesting that he, in his life, he had, you know, these women who were extremely close to him, much closer than many men. <laughs> in fact, you know, there was women, very wealthy women, who, who, had, who actually built, helped build the local church, who actually, who actually basically supplied the resources to Christ. And throughout the New Testament, you see these women having great access to Jesus and being leaders. However, it's interesting to me that in that sense, in the sense of them having extremely high influence, more influence than many men, that they yet were not chosen to be twelve disciples. So it seems to be a picture of the sense of like Jesus was was doing something where he was topsy turvy in the culture, where the culture saw women as less than. He says, No, no, no. I absolutely see them as equal then, and they're gonna be equal and they're gonna have an influence and they're gonna have a voice, but I also want to keep the creative distinction that my father has put before, and that is that they retell the story of the Trinity, so they have equal in essence, but different roles. You follow me? So I propose, so I say that to say that the spirit of the law, you know, when I look at the gospel, it seems like the spirit of the law is what God wants us to be about. And that is if we're showing to the world that God has, have, has that creative mandate. When I look at these texts here, I struggle because first Timothy chapter three, although says those things, it's, there's a huge argument of that could be cultural in the sense that 
men were not in power. I mean, women were not in power. Women were seen less than. They, didn't, they never had an equal voice. So for him to say, let your, let your man be this, let your woman be this, just didn't make any sense. Uh, we talk in general like that all the time where we talk, we're talking about men because men are prominent. Even in today's culture where we're super progressive, can you imagine in the first century? You talked about men, I would propose, this is, this is my theological ticket as a theologian. You talk about men in general because men ran things in the first century. So I can sleep better at night wrestling with the, the, the blurriness of First Timothy 3. What I could not as a leader, what we could not do as elders, sleep at night looking at Romans 16. Romans 16 says, I commend you, our sister Phoebe, a servant, and uses the word deaconess, deacon, basically. Okay? Now, the reason, you might go, well, so you can use that in other places. What's interesting to me is that he gives her this, this, certain, this certain role distinction, shows her influence, and the word he usually uses when he talks about this word servant is not, is not this deacon word, is usually doulos, slave. So it's interesting that Paul, in this moment, you know, he could just be trying to, he might be in heaven right now just laughing at us because we all run around trying to figure out his word. But it's just interesting, you know, as a theologian, to use, to use the word dualize when talking servant all the time, and then you have this moment where you can make it really clear that that's just what you mean, just kind of just be a servant, but yet you use a formal word that's talking about leadership. Uh, to me, I, that was hard to understand how do I get around that? So, long story, just want you to know, especially our ladies in this place, is that we do not want you to feel like your voice is not or desire to be heard. We desire your voice to be heard. We think it's, it's wise, it's biblical. We want, we, we, we want our women to have an influence. We, we want to reach all people for Christ. Uh, and so that's not our desire at any means. So I want you to know, please do not feel um, muted in this local body because we want our women to lead. Uh, and that's why we're going to have women deacons. At the same time, we still feel, we still see scripture showing how although we're, you're leading in a servant capacity, there still is a sense where God is saying, so men are leading as prophet, priest, and king, and there is a role distinction there. And so to, to make that blurry, this is what we're doing. We're implementing deacons, but this is why also women are not elders in our local church, but they're deacons. That makes sense. Now I know you guys all have a lot of questions, and what I'm going to do is I'm not. I'm going to have them answer the questions personally because I want to make sure we get through. Or if we get done early, then I'll come back up and we can do some questionnaires for time. All right. So let me see if I can get through, and then we'll see what the Lord does. Okay. But I just let you get know just a framework of why um, and why we're implementing deacons and deaconesses. So you'll be hearing from us as we implement uh, as we begin to ask for those who have those qualifications met uh, to consider the role. Okay. All right. I hope that was uh, as blurry to you as it was for me. Um, all right. What are we about as a local community? Um, as you guys know, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is kind of the hill we die on as local community because God has given us one, one command. Uh, when he, as he, when he, before, you know, when he uh, came, before he ascended before uh, the right hand of the Father, he gave us one main command in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which we call the Great Commission. What's that command? Okay, some people said go. What else? Got to do some training time here. Thank you. Jake said, please don't do another training time. Make disciples. Matthew apologizes. 
Right. There is one imperative in the text. Those, everything else are participles, which is extremely important. The one imperative, which is a command, is that God is saying, and he says it four times in four different places, even if you take out Mark chapter 16 uh, for textual criticism reasons, four times in four different places, all after the resurrection, before the ascension, God is with his people, and he tells them in Luke, uh, in Luke 24, in John 20, in Acts 1, in Matthew 28, he says, I want you to go and be the sin people of God. Go make disciples. So the, the, the term the imperative is make disciples. A person becomes a Christian, saved by God's grace. Your, your, your W-2 form is what? Make disciples. That's what I do. What's your job? To make disciples. Okay? That's, that's what God wants us all to be about. So that's why this is a hill we down in this local community, that we want to have a discipleship-based Ministry, okay, guys. And the way we want to flesh that out, and just in a nutshell, go. You might say, "Well, why does he have? What is go? What is baptizing? What is teaching?" He's saying, "I have all authority. Everybody should be worshiping me, but everybody's not worshiping me." So, what he's asking for you to do, and what he's asking for me to do, he's saying that that prescribed reality that I'm telling you that I want to have happen is not happening. But you need to make this prescribed reality a described reality. I need to be able to describe it and see it because everybody should be worshiping me. That's his whole point there. And so he says, go. And that's why I go is very connected to make disciples. It's called a participle of attendant circumstances. It's, it's, a, it's, it's assuming, it's an assumptive participle. It's assuming that if you're making disciples that you're going. So you're going, right? And then you're baptizing, baptizo, the word immersion, Right, baptized. We just saw Andrew. This whole sense is one of it's, it's an evangelistic posture. He's basically saying you're going to take people who are identified, who are immersed in the, the family of Satan, and you, your goal is to bring them, is to immerse them, is to allow them to identify with the people of God. Right, just like what we saw here that that Andrew is saying to the world, "I belong to Christ." We want many people. We want people to be saying that, to be doing that. Right, and so he's saying, "I want you to go and baptize people." Get, get them saved. See people saved. Evangelism is the whole component there. And then if we're, if we're sharing our faith, God says, but guess what? What are you going to do? You're going to teach them. Teach them to deserve everything I've commanded you. Right? The, the final participle. We're teaching. So there's a catechesis component uh, to our posture as Christians that we should all be wanting to be trained, not just be in Bible study forever, but be trained so that we could teach the good news of Christ. And that's why we, we're trying to figure out how to do this rhythm. Right? Those are, those are, those are big deals. But how do, we, how do we do that as a local community? Right? And, and we, we, we're trying hard. And so we, we, we're excited to, to come alongside you guys and, and help us think through that. And uh, so when we think of holistic discipleship, how do we pull that off? Uh, in our posture, we would say word relationship ministry. We feel like if we're doing the word well, if you're getting in the word and you're being trained in how to read the Bible, if you're having a relationship, which is not up here, but we would say is the glue to allow all this to happen. And everyone in here who's in a discipleship relationship realizes this, is that the relationship is jacked up, it's hard to do the other things. Right? Because sadly, we have some messed up discipleship relationships in here where either you're not being faithful or the person that you're discipling is not being faithful or, you know, but, but when that happens, when the relationships arrive, it's hard to really begin to grow in your faith in that way, especially in a sense of that intentional training that we're trying to provide. So you have word, relationship, and ministry. And it's definitely hard to do ministry. But, but we say if you're doing word, relationship, and ministry, if your ministry has two prongs, if you're, if you're preaching the gospel, right, through your word, but also service, if you're serving and caring for people, if we're doing these things, you know, by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, we just say we're being faithful. And that's why he says uh, in Matthew 18, he says, you know, Lo, I'll be with you always until the end of the age. His whole sense is like, hey, don't go thinking you can just go do all this. 
His point is that, hey, God's Holy Spirit has to be moving in us to accomplish these things. And so this is what we're trying to do, word relationship ministry. And we do word relationship ministry. The goal is so that people could eventually be able to walk by faith, right? Be walking with Jesus, loving Jesus, communicate their faith, preaching the gospel, and eventually multiplying their faith. Seeing other people become Christians and training women and men in our community and across the world uh, to walk with God and love God, to be doing the exact same thing. That is discipleship, right? That is what we want to be about. Now, we're all on the same page. That's what we want to be about, right? The hard part is, how do we do this? This is what's hard. Because we, 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 want to have, we have an infrastructure, we have a structure to try to make sure that we can provide these opportunities for you. And in our heart, if I can share the heart of the elders, and, and hear me here, guys, our structure has been one where we're just like, look, we're trying to figure out what are the things, like how do we not just have you do extra stuff? We're like, how do we just have you be Christian? That was the whole structure. Our, our structure is like, what do Christians do? <laughs> you hear me? So we're like, okay, Christians read the Bible. Right? And I'm not trying to be facetious, but this is literally how we, we, we came up with our structure. If you think of the things we're doing and we're asking us to, to be about, it, it seems like it's things that Christians do, right? Pray. Right? right? Read the Bible. Go share your faith. Worship. Right? Sing. Worship. These are the, this is a, so that was our desire. Now, I, I would propose throughout history in our, in our church, um, because you guys are missional and we're passionate about Jesus and I love this local body, what could happen is we're doing so much in the community, you're serving, uh, burnout can happen. Because we want to be intentional, right? We have our one-on-one relationships. We have our Mac group. We have our community thing where we're doing Mac life. We're asking you to live outside your house. There's always stuff going on in our community. And what we can see is we can see people feeling two things, maybe burnt out because of the intensity of us serving and neighboring and trying to trust God at his word. Right? We can see that. But also another component of what we do as a local community, I think, is we're trying to figure out is how to have um, basically more lily pads uh, to get to our discipleship model. Because we feel like right now, People come and they, they love what we're doing. They love our teaching. But man, is there enough space for people to be in process and not feel like, okay, I heard about Mac Ave, now I need to sell my house, and now I need to have, you know, six meetings a month, right? And, you know, you know and, then, and so now there's no space to kind of slowly figure out our rhythm, who we are. And so, guys, we just want you to know first we get it. Uh, we, we, we're really wanting to pray and think through, how do we do this? How do we be faithful to what's clear, to what God wants us to be about? Because can I also say, even though you're hearing that and you're resonating, you're going, well, by the time you said that, Pastor, you know, and, you, and, you, and you're hearing that, I, don't, I want you to not forget, though. Discipleship is a cost. If we're all honest, we, we want to have, we want to be like Jesus, see God, boom, zap us with the spirit. We're telling people we're being prophetic, we're all powerful, we're doing all the stuff with Jesus, but we don't want to lose any of our life. We don't want to lose any of our time. We don't want to be tired and, and just serve sacrificially and not know where something's going to come from, but know that we're willing to give it to somebody. Right? So that's the struggle. So although we need to make sure we don't burn out, also we got to be really careful for spiritual laziness. And I feel like, well, no, I like all the other, you know, because we can, we can make a church here where we exalt you. 
Right. When you come in, you feel good. You just get enough, whatever makes you happy. We can do that. We can absolve, right. We can absolve your guilt or we can repent and say, what does it look like for us to be pour our life out like a drink offering? So just know there is a balance there, right? There is a balance that we're trying to get to. So as we're thinking through that, we, we've thought through some things that hopefully would help us um, as we think of our new structure. We're going to uh, provide some changes, and we're going to let you know more about this. We're going to give you a brief preview, and I'm, I'm super excited about this. And then we'll kind of kind of fill things in as we do life together this year. Okay, family? Um, so first, if you can throw some stuff up there. Uh, our new structure, um, we're going to have a membership class. Okay? And... Uh, <laughs> um, and, and just you start popping up the topics there. The, new, the new membership class is going to happen uh, We're thinking twice a year Because we have Frey now in the summer If you know what Frey is That's like freedom, rest, and evangelism right? We're, we're kind of just We're going to just take a break in the summer Betty, like, what's Frey? Yeah, we made that up That is freedom, rest, and evangelism Because there's acronym Because what we were doing We were hustling all, all the time And I realized that we were the only church That doesn't take a break And even during our times of break We add more stuff So we start thinking Well what does it look like for us to take a break And so that's what that is Um, So what we're going to do Is we're going to have a membership class And what the goal of this is Is that if someone's hanging out In our local body And they want to know What we're about uh, they usually meet with the elders and then you kind of can do life and you guys are awesome. Like we're doing life and you guys are going to people's houses and eating dinner and lunch and all that stuff. But there isn't a space where a person can like not decide to be in a discipleship relationship, but yet still be growing in Christ and experiencing the, the catechesis of who we are, the, the training of what we're about and kind of make an informed decision. So that's the goal of the membership class is that it'll happen a few times a year. And uh, basically we'll have, we'll talk about uh, just the nuts and bolts of our local community. Okay? Okay, uh, the gospel, the doctrines of grace, you know, government and discipline. Um, I'll be teaching it. Well, the elders don't want to burn me out, so now I still I, I, I want to teach it. We'll see if they let me. Um, <clears throat> did we say I'm doing it? Uh, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> government and discipline, worship and preaching, holy sacraments, community life. And I want to encourage you, uh, people of God, if you're in our discipleship relationship, then come to this too, though, and 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 and, and take a take a go through and just kind of make sure that you're in that, you understand uh, these doctrines that you're tight, you know, that that we can understand. Oh, so this is what we're about as a local church, you know. So uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, and <clears throat> if you miss any, make sure you go to stewardship. Just kidding. So. Um, uh, so we're going to have the, the basically the new members class, and then uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have what we call uh, training groups and action groups. Now, uh, historically, what we've done is we've had our you be in a one-on-one relationship with someone, and you're in a mat group with someone. Mat groups meeting three times or three to four times a month. Uh, your 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 one-on-one relationships meeting every week or every other week, and you're going through a binder, and basically there's no there's like no end, right? You're kind of just with the person you're doing. You're kind of doing life, and, you, you, and you're, you're trying to be faithful, but uh, there was no kind of telos. There was no end goal to be godly, but so what do we do after the binder? So there was none of that. Hold on, brother. And so we, so we, so we basically didn't have like a, a place where we felt like you could could know like, so I'm, I'm here in this moment, and then I'm here. And there was no sense of like spiritual graduation or, hey, I'm, I'm growing in the Lord and there's more responsibility. There was none of that. So what our desire is, is these training groups, also what it would do, if I can, if I can uh, just be so frank, what it would do also for many of us is it would make us feel like, 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 hey, um, 
okay, I'm doing a binder, man, I want to do another book. And so a lot of us wouldn't be faithful to the binder and just go through the fundamental truths of the faith before you start all the stuff because of you just feeling like there was no structure in, in the relationship. So what we're doing now is we're, we're asking our local community to be faithful and say, hey, person comes to the local community, they go to the member class, they spend these three months or so figuring out if this is what they want to be about, we're loving on them, we're having a good time, we're preaching the gospel. Then they have this one, if they say, hey, I want to be part of discipleship, they have this one-on-one training time. And that happens for a year, year and a half, where you're going through the binder. So I want to be very clear here. This is what we're asking for you to do. We're asking for you to go through the fundamental truths of the faith in the binder so that we're all on the same page. And if you feel like we want to do another book, do another book that's going to accent what we're talking about in the binder. We want to make sure that you're getting the fundamental truths of the faith. And then after you're done with the binder, that's our training group where you're Growing in your theology, you're, you're learning more about who we are in the community. Then we're going to move toward what we call action group, okay? After your training group, you're now not going to be meeting one-on-one, but now you're going to be part of an accountability group. And the action group is accountability, prayer, and, and basically building of your personal ministry, okay? So during that time, you get together once a month. So now you've lost that meeting. Our desire here is that you don't have a ton of meetings, but yet at the same time, you're kind of moving toward a goal of spiritual maturity and you're starting taking, you're taking ownership of your walk with the Lord. Okay. So now you're, you're in a, you're in an accountability group with some men or some women. And that time of accountability is you're praying together and you're holding each other accountable of how is your personal ministry? Because that, that's one of our struggles, to be honest, is guys, here's the funniest thing. Our community is amazing. Theologically rich, you guys passionate about Jesus, passionate about want to be on mission, but for some reason we want to be on mission, but we're not sharing our faith well. We don't do evangelism well, guys. Some reason, we just, and we got some talkers. So, um, we'll talk about that in a moment. So, training groups, then action groups, and then uh, we want to have our MAC groups, our meeting Twice a month, at least twice a month. So, so Matt groups can, what are you clapping for? I saw that. So, um, so Matt groups are usually meeting weekly, but you guys can decide as a Matt group, we're just saying meet at least twice a month, okay? I know you're gathering together uh, and, and breaking bread together. <clears throat> and then Matt life obviously be once every other month. So if you notice, we've kind of, we've slimmed down all the times of meetings. We've tried to focus the training to have stages, And we're trying to make sure that we're going to really focus this year, guys. We're focusing this year on evangelism big time as we're proclaiming the gospel and wanting to be in our community. And if you look at this, you will not hold more than one of these positions unless unless we ask you that. Because one of you might be saying, well, I love my one-on-one times and I want to do accountability. Cool. We want to talk with you about that because we do not want you burning out. That's our heart. Okay. You grown. You can do what you want to do. But... We, we, just want to, we want to talk with you to make sure that you're making wise decisions. I'm extremely excited about this um, as we move forward to hopefully see it build health and a cool rhythm. Because then we get to fray toward the end of the year uh, to, in May where we're able to look at each other and rest and think through how the relationship's going, put people in the right spaces, and then reset things uh, for the fall. In general, does that make sense? Are you excited? Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see what the Lord does. It's funny because God has been gracious to even have a lot of crew here. Because we have 
like a bunch of our bodies on some cruise. We got people because we were going to have, you know, vision Sunday last week. So people scheduled it in and then scheduled vacay for this week. So make sure y'all tell everybody that you don't see here that everything's changing. All right. Um, so yeah, be encouraged. Uh, Alex is not here. So youth ministry, we're going to put that on the shuffle a little bit. Yes. Yeah, good question. So basically, it'll be uh, you, uh, maybe three other brothers come together in our community. That's all. And everyone in that group has been through the training. So you, you spent time in our in our in our foundational uh, folder going through all that. You've been trained for some time. So now you get together and we're still farm f- f- like fleshing this out. But in a nutshell, a couple of things praying together. So we'll spend time sharing. Right. And then we'll spend time praying together and then talking through, like, if there's accountability issues in that time together. And then finally, making sure that on the agenda uh, that people are kind of learning best practices of how they do per- how they do personal ministry, setting goals for personal ministry. What does it look like for me to be sharing my faith uh, in my vocation, in my community? How am I doing this with my family? How am I doing this with my roommates? And so that'll be kind of the tenor. That'll be like the essence of what's going on there. We'll need to still figure out what facilitation looks like. Would it be a leader? We've got to figure out those things. But that, that's the meat of what's going to happen in the action group because we're asking you now to take control of your walk with the Lord. Is that helpful? All right. This year, teaching, uh, you know, we got for the... Oh, cool. Go back, please. I messed up. So, yeah, so if you can, this is the picture of what we'll, what we'll be about as a local ministry. And I'm super excited to introduce as well. We've had it, uh, we've talked about men's and women's ministry, but we've, we've, we've given a lot of lip service. The women have done great. Uh, we're stepping up now as men, but we're going to, we're adding, uh, the elders are very, very cons- uh, serious about, hey, we need to put resources toward our women's and men's ministry. We need to make sure that there's avenues and, again, opportunities for people to be able to be welcomed into our body outside of the norm, right? Outside of just our, our discipleship. There needs to be normal rhythms that's happening in our community where the community can come and take a peek at what does it mean to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so uh, we're hoping that our women's and men's ministry will be that. And so we're going to be adding a resource to that. I want to bring my sister Julie, who's going to be one of our leaders. I don't know if Rebecca wants to get up too. You can give them a clap. They're going to be leaders of our women's ministry. And my man Johnny, do you, you, you want to, you can come up. Do you, you want to, well, you can just raise your hand if you want, unless you want. That's Johnny. Um, uh, Johnny will be heading up our, our men's ministry, and we're, going to, we're looking for another leader to accompany him. Super excited about this. I want to give these ladies the floor for a couple moments just to encourage you in what we're trusting the Lord for. Great. Thank you so much. Um, we both, Rebecca and I, are both. Um, Super thankful, humbled just to have been asked to help lead kind of this new part of Mac Church. Um, just to be clear, it's all still very completely all with the mission. It's not like um, it's, it's an addition, but it's just to support and encourage and build up what's already in existence. Um, trying to think. So... I think both of us were both excited for this opportunity, and we just really have felt that there's a need, um, not just to encourage, as you talk about having like a lily pad for um, people that maybe aren't able to become members right now, or they're still figuring out what this Jesus stuff is all about. Um, we just really wanted to have a welcoming place, a, a place, I know safe place is kind of a buzzword right now, 
a safe place for people to be processing this. Um, yeah, and we just know we have all kinds of women in our church, um, <laughs> not as many of some than others, um, but we want to really try to care for all the unique needs of the women in our church. So um, you might be like, ah, not another thing, but we, we want to, if, it's some, if, it's, if there's a way to encourage women who are already in discipleship and Mac group, but maybe they're having a hard time connecting with other women, this would be a, a place for connecting. Um, and then additionally, for people who aren't already members of our church, um, people in the community, it's a great, this would be an opportunity to invite people in, um, maybe a place other than someone's house. We're hoping to use the church building more. Um, yeah, and just a, a place that seems more... Um, what people in our community might be more used to seeing, like on a weekly basis. So, um, those are some of the ideas we've had. Um, we want to equip, build up women as leaders in our church to be students of the word, as well as um, really equipping leaders of the Bible studies that we're wanting to do too. Hopefully, a few Bible studies throughout the year, um, and then additionally, um, hopefully, a retreat for the women. Um, the other thing we're just we want to we're trying to be really thoughtful and prayerful about what we're trying to do. So um, when we yeah begin things, we want to yeah make sure we're prepared for them. And part of that is preparing some of the other women in our church to be leaders of these um, Bible studies. So um, I'm trying to think. Is there any? We did have a women's survey. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a women's survey that um, we got feedback from about almost half of the women in the body probably, but we wanted to give you guys another opportunity to fill that out. So it's going to be in the back here at the end of service. If you did not fill one out, we would love you to do so just because it helps us to think through um, yeah, how we're wanting to spend our time in women's ministry and leading. Um, and there's... There's a part one and a part two. If you would like to, um, you can um, separate those. Um, one part, we do really want your name on it. <laughs> part two, we really want your name on. Um, not necessary for part one. So if you could um, fill that out. If you haven't, that would be great. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, super, I'm super excited because, first of all, we have wonderful leaders and uh, just to give time to this and just to see uh, if you notice, that's why we, we've, uh, we've, we've ratcheted down uh, some of the other activities so that there is space uh, for us to have some of these organic com- opportunities to be able to care and, and serve and love each other. So hopefully um, we'll see these women. It's going to be wonderful. I'm, I'm excited. I hope that gets you excited about uh, Johnny and men in here. We need one more leader. And so we'll be praying about what does it look like for you to come alongside um, my man Johnny, and to provide a great opportunity for men to be connected. Matthew, yeah? Pastor, what's the difference between an action group and an action group? Yeah, an action group is a time where the individual guy gets together with, with a few other men uh, to be held accountable and help basically build their personal ministry. So it's, it's actually gender-specific and actually even more intimate, whereas a mad group is our community time, whereas with couples or uh, individuals are getting together, sharing a meal, uh, going over the word. So in that group, you're doing some missions, but it's still more kind of a, for the ecclesia, right? Mad group is to encourage us in our faith 
to spur us on toward loving good deeds. We're going through sermons and things of that sort. Whereas your accountability group is really about what does it look like for you to be enjoying Christ and that you're healthy so that you can make Christ known. So your action group is action. You're like, it's not, it's more, Hey, what are we doing to make Christ known? And smack group is more me getting fed and being encouraged in my faith. So thanks for asking. Um, so we, we, we're going to skip, we're going to go to our teaching uh, this year, uh, starting next week. We, this is we had to bring baptism and vision together. We're going to be doing Second Thessalonians. Uh, so, yeah, I hope, yeah, I like a few people excited about the Bible. Amen. Um, <laughs> you like that graphic? Go ahead, Jenny. So, oh, go ahead, Megan. <laughs> Megan, did you make that? Go, girl. Megan like, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> hey, so uh, be encouraged. I want to encourage you to read beforehand as well and be inviting people uh, to to uh, experience God's word so that the Lord can uh, be changing, changing lives. OK, family, um, we already talked about evangelism, guys. We, we're going to we're going to really focus this year hard. This is going to be it could be the theme of the if we do our vision time. I usually have a theme that we're going to be focusing hard on. What does it mean for us to make Christ known? Like, what does it look like for us to be building a personal ministry? What does it look like for us to really be thinking through the contextualization that everybody should be going through here? Because we're in a community. We need to understand our community, understand our neighbors, and make sure that we're preaching the gospel to uh, to our neighbors well. So we'll be uh, processing that. And now, guys, we have what's cool is this year we got a space, right? We got a building. So we can we can do classes. We, there's so many things we can do. We have another building, right? The Commons, where we're going to be able to drink coffee. Hey, we we got the spaces to be about God's business. You know what I'm saying? Or tea? I drink tea. You know what I'm saying? Um, so so just just be encouraged and just know that this is something that we'll be focusing in on. I want to keep rolling because I want to make sure Zeke gets some time to encourage you guys. I just want to briefly talk about the building real quick. I want to praise God for what the Lord is doing in our local community and also encourage you on our uh, that the that the the gym is almost at completion. And so what we're doing right now, guys, we're gonna this week we should be putting the floor down. All right. So the, so we got some we got some hoops up. Yeah, that's actually in there right now. So we. Uh, <laughs> So uh, we we got hoops up. We're we're gonna we're gonna put the floor down. Uh, then they're gonna put the tape, you know, all the stuff down the floor. And then uh, after that, we're gonna bust out the walls and and put the new windows in. And then we should uh, should be called called a wrap, man. We should be done uh, with our with our our gym. So praise God for that. That's really cool. Yeah. I want to encourage you, but 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 we have this. That's part one, and I want to get us ready because right now uh, I'm getting us ready for a, a big raise uh, because we now need to finish uh, our fellowship hall, which you can hopefully those pictures will pop up. Uh, the fellowship hall, where we, this is what it's going to look like when we're all done. Uh, Nickel, uh, the kids uh, kids area, we really want to uh, uh, frame out as well. Uh, just to, we're just going to have an area for you guys that's going to be hopefully so redemptive that you just feel like there's such. That you that we that we see you and you have purpose, value, and worth. Uh, and that it'll communicate that when you see um, how we treat, how we uh, build out uh, the kids area and the sanctuary in itself. This place here, uh, we're going to transform. And then, um, in addition to what well, I want to call Mac Park, uh, so we're we're working hard to get uh, some some land over there acquired. And then we're going to build out uh, a place for us uh, for the people to uh, to be able to congregate and hang and enjoy the Lord. So we're going to have uh, Mac Park, this church. Commons, the, the area next to the commons, to figure out ways to be about mission. 
All right. And as you guys know, like all this, like we just, this is open for the people. So uh, we're really excited about it. So be dreaming with us. And we're going to be working hard trying to gather all of our partners, gather all of our churches. But again, last year, we all looked crazy when we said we got to raise about 200 grand in two months. And we were all like, what? And then the Lord did it. Right. And so we're going to we're going to ask the Lord to. um to, to again do something crazy we're going to need you know something hopefully a little north of 500 grand and we're trusting the Lord for it to, to, to redo all that not even not even counting this that would be something separate but to do what we want to do in our local church and to make sure that we uh, can do this debt free so uh, so we'll be at we'll be for, for framing a plan that would be hopefully beneficial to everyone and I'll be presenting that to you pretty soon okay so then talk, they give me the price tag on each segment and things of that sort. So in a nutshell, that's what's up. That's what's going on. Evangelism being our focus, really trying to make sure that you guys are healthy. Uh, so making sure that we provide a discipleship infrastructure that benefits you, making sure that our infrastructure for our leaders is healthy so that we can be caring for you uh, and also providing a space so that you can be encouraged, but also that you can make Christ known is what our focus will be this year. Okay. As we continue on, I'm going to bring Zeke up right now because I want you to get a little snapshot of what's going on with uh, Mag development uh, and how big things are happening, and get ready to uh, celebrate this opening and so many other things. All right, brother, give us some love, y'all. All right, how we doing? How we doing? Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, my name is Ezekiel Harris. I'm the executive director of Mac Development. Um, Mac Development, real name. I'm, I'm going to speak as if you guys have no idea. So, Mac Development uh, started in 2011 by the church. Um, our real name is Mac Avenue Community Church Community Development Corporation, and we have to write that on all of our grant requests. Um, so Mac Development, we're a community development corporation, uh, which really means we do a little bit of everything to, to help serve our community. Um, for us specifically, that looks um, three kind of bucket areas, youth and education, housing and blight, and then economic development. Um, and today I'm just going to just briefly touch on um, our kind of current programs and where we're going to be going in 2018, just to at least give you a snapshot of what we over at Mac Development are thinking about, um, what we're praying about, and what we're hoping uh, the Lord will do in 2018. And next slide. <laughs> so, so just to start off, um, we at Mac Development is governed by uh, seven different board members: uh, Pastor Leon Stevenson, uh, Brian Rossi, Sandra Stahl. Jonathan Demers, Carolyn Davis, and Scott Munakawa, and Justin Mast. Um, these uh, guys and gals here um, on our board help keep me in check. Uh, I come up with a lot of crazy ideas, and they're, they're, they're able to help me rein that back um, and, and just give a lot of wisdom um, to our organization as, as so many things um, are happening um, that we see now but are also coming down the line that are just uh, – Really blessing to our community, but we have to make sure um, as an organization, we always stay on the up and up and make sure we're doing uh, things in a godly way. Um, but also on, on the ground, you can go to the next slide, um, we, we have our team, um, uh, the Mac Development staff who, who uh, take great photos, um, which I'm encouraged by. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, and we have Charles Johns as our Director of Youth and Education, Edith Ford, Director of Community Engagement, uh, Ashley Albright, who runs our MAC Sports Program, Elise Hartman, um, who runs our MAC Lit, um, Jesse Banfield, heading up the Commons, and Grace Moore, who serves as the Assistant for MAC Lit and MAC Sports. Um, these together, along with uh, Samaria Hanna, who runs MAC Legal, um, really make uh, all of the work happen. I'm so blessed to be able to work with people who are constantly uh, encouraging and doing the work um, and and 
a lot of you may know working at nonprofits can be can be difficult. Um, but the, uh, these folks come in every day. Well, right now, like about half of our on vacation, uh, come in every day to, to come in and serve and are, are really encouraging to me and are a huge blessing um, as a leader, being able to have people who are just down for the cause. Mm, yeah. So um, what we're looking at in 2018, um, we've had a lot of changes that have taken place in 2017. But in 2018, with the transition into our building, what we're really going to be looking to do is just grow stronger with the cur current programs that we're able to offer um, and just see different ways that, in which we can uh, leverage our building. Um, so specifically for uh, MacLit and in our mission teams as well as MacLegal, um, because we have specific space that is built out for each of those programs, we're going to really be looking to see how can we build into that space, but also use our building as a beacon um, to do a lot of recruitment and as part of our other programs. Um, right now, because we are kind of um, because we have so many different opportunities and things that we're trying to pursue, uh, we want to make sure that we focus on bringing quality to our neighbors, doing it in a way that we're ultimately preaching the gospel, and making sure that we can pull in our different neighborhoods um, from across this zip code. So, so one thing that we're really going to be looking at in 2018 is how do we continue to activate the Mac Avenue corridor? About a year and a half, two years ago, um, we, we as a community did a little bit of dreaming. Um, I, I pray that you guys were involved in that. Um, but we looked at the Mac Avenue corridor, about a 13-block stretch, um, running from Grand Boulevard over to Fisher, and said, what, what could this corridor be? Uh, we've got pictures, um, and, and Jesse has actually found more of what Mac Avenue looked like uh, about 50 years ago. Um, and, and on that, it, it looks drastically different than it does now. Um, it had building on top of building on top of building. Um, and had shops and all these amazing things. Um, and right now, we, we kind of see the opposite. Um, but as a community, we were able to dream together and say, okay, we know we might not be able to put a building on every single vacant lot that's in our area, but there are some things that we can do, and there are, are some things that we can start pushing on. Um, but sometimes it takes people to be able to see things like this to say, hey, there's something more uh, that can come into it coming to this corridor, and also you deserve um, these type of things. I go into a lot of conversation and a lot of meetings and all this running around, and, and it's, it's such a blessing to be able to point back to, hey, this is actually what we see um, happening, what we see coming to our neighborhood, and we're not, and we're not doing it, um, I don't know, we're not doing it because it's easy. A lot of ways we're doing it because it's hard, and, and with, with the building, uh, with the business, um, it's important to recognize that we're also taking a huge risk on behalf of our people. Um, and I don't want to repeat that. We're taking a huge risk on behalf of our people. Um, you can go to the next slide. We're starting off by doing that. Um, so rewind. Back in 2011, um, the, the, back in 2011, the church actually bought um, the building um, that we're going to be at, the Mac building. We still got to figure out names and stuff. With that, um, twelve thousand square foot building bought it off the Wayne County tax auction for a whopping five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. They bought this amazing building that used to be a furniture warehouse. Um, it was built in nineteen twenty. Um, I've seen pictures. We get, there's actually a small folder online on on, Mac, uh, on the church's Facebook page that shows all the original pictures of what the building looked like and all the furniture and stuff that was inside. Um, so it used to be a furniture warehouse built in nineteen twenty. 
purchased it for $500, quick snippet, and now we're actually investing $1.5 million back into the building to make it into our community space, um, our office space, conference rooms we'll be able to rent, uh, MacLit space, um, upstairs area where you can hang out and, and, and uh, yeah, just hang out with your neighbors. But, but in that storefront area, um, we're doing something really cool, um, and it's called the Commons. It's going to be a coffee shop and laundromat in one single space, which is really meant to serve our, our diverse neighborhood um, within the 48214. Um, if you don't know, we have four uh, strong neighborhoods, Indian Village, West Village, Pingree Park, and Island View. And I, there's some other neighborhoods in that, but those are our four core neighborhoods. And traditionally, MAC has served as a uh, type of divide between those communities to be able to get to know uh, one another. Um, and this certain type of uh, micro-segregation has happened. Um, what's awesome about this building, and I think the forethought of the board and, and uh, pastors and everything of buying this building, it's, it's right actually in the intersection of all of those communities, um, which is really cool, right near Mack and Van Dyke. And what we're looking to do is with this business um, is see is how, how can we bring everyone into these uh, spaces so that they can not only meet um, but mix. And I actually want to apologize. Um, as of last week, all these photos are, are out of date. Uh, we, we've taken a big leap forward. Um, so a lot of the things um, actually are, are a bit different, especially in the, uh, the, the cafe area. Um, but what we're looking to do is um, um, in the next couple of weeks, um, we're, we're going to be um, – in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're, we're looking to – I want to I bring our church in, basically. I want to bring our church into the space. Um, we're going to be giving it a date in the next couple of weeks of when that would be. But to be able to pray, to be able to walk through, and be able to see um, the time and investment that has not only been made by the people who have supported it financially, but you all who have been involved in it, involved in it, involved in it for the last three, four years, right? Um, so we're going to be figuring out a date and time to do that. But also in the next coming weeks, we're going to be able, be able to announce um, when our soft opening is going to be for the commons. We're getting extremely close. We're extremely excited. Jesse and I were taste testing some espresso uh, last week. I was up to like 3 a.m. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, and then also it was cool because last, last week we had the windows open. Um, and a whole family stopped, got out, and started knocking on the door. We were like, no, no, no. It was like 6 o'clock. Jesse and I were just kind of talking. But we're, we're getting that close where people are really starting to be able to see, like, what is, um, what is becoming. So be encouraged for that um, and be um, on the lookout for that email or that announcement uh, relatively soon on when we'll be able to invite everyone in. Go ahead. Um, also coming up in 2018, as you may know, uh, right next to the right next to our Mac building, the Commons um, is an 8,000 square foot lot. Um, currently, it's vacant. Um, but what we're looking to do is actually put a uh, community park on it. Um, in, the, in the same way that we have this indoor, really unique space that we're trying to create, we want to do the same thing in the outdoor space, uh, so that people um, who enjoy being outside are able to do so. Um, but but be a space where we can have events and. Um, activities and just a bunch of stuff to bring people together in our neighborhood. Uh, we've already built the fence out, um, got some picnic tables in there. Um, but in, but um, later this year, what we're going to be looking to do is actually build out what the stage is so we can have events, um, so we can have yoga, so we can have everything uh, that people might want to have in the space. 
Um, also in 2018, we're really, um, we're really interested in this, in this housing piece. Um, Mac development has Mac housing, which we've kind of put on, put on pause as we focused on our building. Um, but in 2018, we're really looking into um, uh, doing some more planning and hopefully even some investment um, in, in housing. As we know, um, like I said before, our neighborhoods are very diverse, uh, but in a lot of ways they're very segregated. Um, but we're, we're, we're trying to look, in, look into um, how do we offer mixed income um, opportunities? How do we create uh, quality neighborhoods and continue to hold um, things? Uh, to put, I'm, I'm going to put it blankly. So, so um, there is a lot of displacement talk and a lot of gentrification talk happening in our neighborhoods, right? Um, there's also a lot of tax foreclosure issues that are happening in our neighborhoods. Um, what we're going to be looking to do in 2018 is one is uh, how do we keep people in our neighborhoods who wish to stay um, because they deserve to stay. No one deserves to get kicked out of their homes, especially in light of all the just craziness that's happening around tax foreclosure. Um, but also, how do we uh, make investments as an organization to make sure we're able to keep some of that diversity that we really want to see in our neighborhoods and do that throughout um, the, the four kind of neighborhoods that we're looking into? Um, as of December 31st, we had a huge blessing where we actually got some seed money to actually do some of this planning to, to, that can potentially lead to uh, activating some more funding uh, to be able to actually acquire and do other things around housing. Um, so, yeah, so that, that, that's something that we're really going to be looking to activate. And, I, and also, I wanted to say um, one thing that I've kind of noticed in our neighborhood, other neighborhoods in Detroit, um, is when a uh, development happens and it's a quality of development and it brings people to that area, um, the, neighbor, the immediate neighborhoods around that development are impacted, both positively and negatively. So we're saying, okay, if the... It, if when we launch the comments and it's a success, as we as we praying it will be and as I believe it will be, there's something that's going to happen to the neighborhoods immediately around it and to our zip code overall. There is a, a shocking amount of people who even know of what Pingree Park is and what our and what Island View is. Indian Village has been around for forever. West Village is, is booming. But some of our other neighborhoods are really starting to be on the radar of a lot of other developers, city officials. Everyone, um, every, as soon as, I don't know, it's, it's just a lot happening, a lot more interest coming into our neighborhoods, which is awesome. We want to be able to invite people in, but again, we want to make sure people who are able and want to are able to stay. So, so as part of that, um, neighborhood is called Pingree Park because of this park. Um, it is one of the largest parks in the city of Detroit. And we're actually, Mac Development is actually partnering with Project Evergreen to start bringing some more resources and opportunities to Pingree Park um, and do some actually physical changes that are going to happen on the park. Um, one has already kind of been activated on, which is the basketball, the new basketball course that we have. They're, they're really nice basketball courts. And we, and we actually got a guarantee that if the rims break, Jeff Klein, everyone, Jeff Klein will come and fix them himself. You heard it, you heard it here first. Um, so, so in this image, what we're going to, what's really going to be happening is, uh, you see where our soccer fields are. They're going to be removing one of the uh, baseball diamonds to create more green space for us. Um, but then on the, so the south side of the park will really be more, um, athletics, recreational, um, things like that. And what, what we're looking to do is actually, um, 
on the north side of it, and that, that image to the right, is making it more of a uh, kind of event space. And what they're going to be looking to do is um, build um, some hills that can kind of people can have events and sit on and um, just be a space to really hang out and really use that, doing a lot of tree trimming and other things. They're just uh, amazing work with the organization. But one cool thing is I know we have a lot of runners um, in our body. Um, one thing that they're going to also be doing is building in a trail that actually goes throughout Pingree Park. Um, so you don't have to run around the edges of the sidewalks and stuff like that, but make it so um, all the park all the park really feels connected to one another. Um, it just leverages uh, jewel that we have. I see some people smiling. That's good. Go ahead. And yeah. Um, and then last but not least, um, one thing that we're going to be doing as an organization and we're blessed to do um, is we also receive some funding to help expand um, our, our, our staff um, and bring some more talent into the organization. Uh, one thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be bringing on a part-time operations manager. Um, as we as we go into this building, we know there's going to be a lot of craziness um, and a lot of excitement and a lot of people who have already been calling me who want to use the building for XYZ. Um, but what we want to bring in is someone who can help manage that, who can help put on events, um, and who can just really help make sure that we're able to leverage our building as best we can. Um, and all uh, again, on behalf of our, uh, the people in our neighborhood. So we want to bring someone on for that, um, bring a director of real estate on, someone to really help lead this effort as far as housing, um, mixed use, um, everything that's involved in real estate um, moving forward because we see it as a big opportunity um, and we're getting a lot of support as an organization right now to be able to take that on. Um, and last but not least, um, there's a small typo. Uh, we're going to be bringing on... <laughs> this is hard for me. We're going to be bringing on an executive assistant to help me out and be able to uh, build some capacity for me um, just because we get a lot of we get a lot of requests, a lot of people wanting to work with Mac development, um, but I can't be all places all the time. Um, and for me, it's. I'm like, man, no, I don't need no executive assistant. I got this. Like, I, I'm like two days on the email ain't bad, right? <laughs> Sometimes it'd be a week, but. In 2018, we're going to essentially be looking to bring on a part-time executive assistant just to help build capacity to allow our organization to keep moving forward, to keep making uh, leaps um, in our community, um, and just keep doing amazing work uh, on on behalf of our uh, community members and ultimately for Jesus Christ. So 2018, that's what we're looking like. Yep. Yes. Yes. I'll leave it at that. If anyone knows someone who has uh, expertise in zoning for parking, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah. So we, we own about six or seven lots behind our building already um, and already have plans for parking. It's, if you know anyone who has uh, experience with zoning, that's what we need, really, to be able to activate that into 2018. Because that, that's what we're also going to be looking to do. Um, but parking isn't an, 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 isn't an exciting slide. Good question, though. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. Thank you. My dude. Awesome. So, yeah, you think about it. Um, Matt has been with 10 years now, and 
Uh, you guys have already invested. Oh, man, uh, we said before we even raised last time, I think it was 2.3, so we're at probably $2.5 million uh, in this community. Um, you guys are, I, just, I hope you're blown away at how the Lord is using this body and people around, to, uh, the people of God around. So uh, I'm super encouraged. Hey, just want to give you uh, just uh, one housekeeping deal. The budget meeting, we're not going to do the budget meeting today. Can you imagine if after all that we said, now let's talk about the finances for an hour and a half. So we're not doing that. That'll be in February. That's usually in February. Um, so just uh, take take a note of that, and then we'll give you a specific time uh, when that'll be in February. And just want, right now, I just want to spend time uh, responding. Uh, again, next week, we'll hit back our normal rhythm where we'll have our prayer cards. Uh, we'll be in Second Thessalonians. But we just want to spend time every year uh, to just basically brag about what Jesus has done throughout the year, because in talking about where we're going, there's these implications of where we are, and you get to see, man, look what God has done. Look at all the things that is happening right here in our community. So I hope you encourage and you spur it on to even push further uh, to honor God uh, this year. Hey, let's respond uh, with a time of, uh, of just celebrating the, sac- the beautiful sacraments that the Lord has given us to remind us of His of His grace in our life, uh, tithing and also uh, communion. Um, if you are new to our-